this week because Lent starts tomorrow with Ash Wednesday. We are able to read only two readings from the book of Sirach. Book of Sirach, the author wrote this book 200 years before the birth of Christ. He was a Jewish scholar, rabbi, who lived in Alexandria. Uh, Alexandria was a well-known city established by by, cons, uh, by uh, the, the uh, Alexander, the, uh, the Greek great military leader who conquered the world at that time. He established the place because he conquered also the Egypt, uh, the Alexandria itself, I mean, the uh, Egypt. And so what happened is this. Alexandria was a place where there's a lot of schools, the greatest library ever collected any place around the world. It was known as one of the greatest things. There's a lot of teachers who were teaching wisdom, how to be happy, what to do, and all kinds of things. There was a type of culture there, obviously, coming from many, many parts of the world. People would gather there, so there was a variety of, of everything. But what happened is that culture of Alexandria began to affect the young people who were of Jewish background, people of God. And as you know, culture has such a profound effect on us. We know that, you know, you have children, you send them to school, you may even send them to a good school, maybe you teach them um, great elements of faith right from the start, and then something there happens. They go to college, and they seem to kind of drift away from faith. They begin to imitate their own, you know, peers. They follow the same type of cultural, cultural you know, ideologies, and all of a sudden they become lukewarm in faith. We, we know what it is. That's why today, many times, Catholic parents wish to homeschool their children to protect them from, from a really bad environment or bad influences. And perhaps even today, some people are saying maybe we should go and create this sort of like a Benedict sort of a project whereby, you know, uh, create like a uh, 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 not just the schools, but also cultural center, Christian cultural center, to kind of separate ourselves from the rest of the country. You know, uh, so, so some people are saying that because that's what happened in the medieval times, where a school and church and centers of, of, of learning, of culture, would be all kind of concentrated in one spot. But at any rate, the... Uh, the book of Sirach was written by someone who wanted to speak to the young people at that time, and he wanted to say something special to them. You know, you may be exposed to all kinds of things, you know, greatest library, greatest thinkers, teachers, whatever it is from, a worldly, from the worldly background, but he says, but there's only one wisdom that you can learn, and that wisdom comes from God. He's the one. He's the one who created this whole world. He created the universe. Yesterday's readings, we heard how he described who's able to count how many stars are there, who's able to count how many grains of sands are there, who's able to. He says no one from a human perspective, but yet we know that the one who created it all, he entrusted us to us all, everything. And you know, and we know that even today, you know, uh, even greatest scientists today and using the best equipment, you know, with the, the, the great, you know, uh, telescopes. And we know that, that, you know, there's still universes there that we have not seen. 
universes that not have, you know, the light hasn't arrived yet to this world. And we know that the light, uh, you know, uh, moves at the speed of, the speed of light is 160, 180, 60,000 miles per second. So how long we can dedicate, we can, we can determine the distance of those galaxies if they're showing up now. And so we just say we multiply, you know, 186,000 miles per second, and we can, you know, we can come up with a distance how far they are in this universe. So, but you see, God is giving us these abilities because God created and he wants us to know. He wants to know the truth. He wants us to know him, that he's the one who is, who is without limits, just like this universe he created, which is infinite. He wants to show us who he is. The, 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 the creation is a manifestation of God's wisdom and knowledge. That's why many people today, even if they don't have explicit faith in a God of revelation, they would say, well, it looks like it's an intelligent design because we look in the chromosomes, we look at you know, the, the g g genome and we find out that, that everything is orderly, everything is, is, is functioning in a proper way. And, and the complexity of it all, you know, you know, the little pieces of who we are, even in one chromosome, the billions of parts, and they all cooperate, they all work. This is, this is why we can say how incredible God is to create what he has created. And then he also gives us the capacity to know and understand, to discover, to use science, whatever we use, to discover and uncover the, the, the grandeur, the beauty, the wisdom, and also the love of God, because love of God is manifested to us as he reveals himself to us. This is who this God is, and this is who we are. This is how God makes us, informs us. And so this is the, the idea of, of this rabbi, the book of Sirach, was that he wants to introduce the young people, because uh, sapiential, uh, sapiential literature, the book of wisdom, was useful to, for school, for, for nation, and he wants to make sure that the, the, the children and young people know who God is. And today, he speaks a type of truth which is usually not as well known. He says, if you wish to follow the Lord, if you wish to be a guide and teacher of others, if you wish to be a good parent, prepare yourself for all kinds of trouble. That's what he's saying today. My son, my daughter, when you come to serve the Lord, when you wish to follow him, stand in justice and fear, prepare yourself for trials. And then he continues, be sincere of heart and steadfast. Don't be duplicitous, be sincere. Be honest, incline your ear and receive the word of understanding. Listen to the voice of God. Listen to the words of scripture. Listen to, to, to that wisdom, undisturbed in time of adversity. It doesn't matter what happens. God is always there. God will always be there. He'll always assist us and he'll always be there for us. So therefore, whatever adversity there is, we shouldn't be afraid. Wait on God with patience. Cling to him, forsake him not. Each one of us, we could just say, we could unpack this, wait on God. What does this mean, wait on God? Which means allow his will to be done in us, asking him that his will be done. And it may be, you know, quickly, it may take a year or two, maybe 10 years, but the, our prayers will be answered. Wait upon God, because we already have asked, we have already seek his, and with patience. We know most of us today are very patient. We want things to happen today. 
you know, and, and the more we are able to send text messages and, and send emails and this instantaneous communication and want our products to show up, you know, with FedEx, whatever it is, or whatever communication tomorrow, because we need it, maybe even today if it's possible. We're very impatient because we consider that to be something of, of you know, of immediate need, immediate satisfaction, immediate goals, whatever. And same, but when it comes to the Lord, he created this universe. He's the one who loves us. He wants the best for us. And to wait upon him to be with patience is actually not only a virtue, but it attains the greatest gift. You know, it's like you want the apple to, to be, you know, you see a, a, in the spring, the spring is going to show up and there's flowers. Well, between the flowers and the apple, it takes four months before it's beautiful. And if you, if you pull it too early, it won't be there. Same thing with trees. You know, you wish that, well, one year, I planted already a year. Well, it's only, you know, a couple, couple of feet high. And, and so it won't grow. And same thing with children. How long will it take them to be 18? and you'll go through being infancy and so on. This is how God made this world. And so there's a type of patience built in that we have to have because of, for maturity's sake, for freedom's sake, so we may grab and understand. But then, but the, the uh, uh, letter to the, to, I'm sorry, the, the book from book of Hebrew, Sirach, uh, it says the following, accept whatever befalls you when sorrowful, be steadfast, and in crushing misfortune, be patient. Why? Because we have God behind it all. God is still with us. That's why we can be, you know, um, we, we, we can be patient and accept, it, accept whatever befalls us in steadfastness, because in crushing misfortune, the Lord is, is asking us, be patient, and now we'll take care of it. For in fire, gold, and silver are tested, and worthy people in a crucible of humiliation. You want to be really great? Then allow all these things to take place, because then you'll grow in wisdom and knowledge, human knowledge. Trust God, and God will help you. Trust in him, and he will direct your way. Keep his, keep your, keep his fear and grow old therein which means trust, hold divine mercy message is what? And that's what we proclaim here. Jesus, I trust in you, the image. The whole message of divine mercy is that God is reliable, that Jesus is trustworthy, that he loves us so much that he will not abandon us. He will not just, just discard us, reject us, cancel us out. He'll be there for us no matter what. That's what we can. And this is the invitation to the young people of second, of year, third century before the birth of Christ. Trust in God. Trust in him. You will fear the Lord. You who fear the Lord, wait for his mercy. You fear the Lord, meaning that you who, who, you know, accept God as God not as some form of domesticated God, because I tell him what to do and he doesn't do it, so I get upset with him. You know, it is to fear the Lord, that means allowing God to be God, standing all before God and wait for his mercy. Turn not away lest you fall, because if we don't rely on him, we will fall. You who fear the Lord, trust him, and your reward will be not lost. You who fear the Lord, hope for the good things, for lasting joy and mercy, and you'll be granted. This, of course, again, requires much patience. You who fear the Lord, love him, and your hearts will be enlightened. You'll come to know God if you love him.
study the generations long past and understand, has anyone hope in the Lord and been disappointed? No one. You look at the Moses and Abraham and Moses and Elijah and others, you know, and then we have, we have Jesus. He's a great witness. He's the son of God. He gives us the witness how to be, how to live in the presence of God the Father. This is what he gives us. We have saints. They have also, have anyone been disappointed? Yes, even if they were rejected, even if they were accused, you know, falsely, even if they were they had to take the, you know, the consequences of the hate that, that, that surrounds them, they, they were not disappointed. They are right now in heaven. Has anyone persevered in his commandments and has been forsaken? Has anyone called upon him and been rebuffed? Compassionate, merciful is the Lord. He forgives sins. He saves in time of trouble. And he's a protector to all who seek him in truth. I think this, this is like a powerful reading today, you know, for us, all of us. And I think that if we're just to take to heart many of those expressions, this is the wisdom that God shares with us through this rabbi in third century before the birth of Christ, the teacher of the young. He wants them to understand God's wisdom because the only true wisdom is God's wisdom. We may have knowledge about scientific things. We may be able to communicate things, but only one is the true wisdom, and that's the wisdom contained and revealed in Scripture and contained and revealed by God. It's contained in Scripture and revealed by God. Commit your life to the Lord, and he will help you with our, with our uh, antiphon for the response of antiphon. And then today's gospel, just briefly, what do we see? First of all, uh, Jesus transfigures himself. Yesterday we hear the gospel, they're walking from the mountain, and what happens is the disciples are complaining, or at least the father of the, of the son is complaining because they cannot heal him, they cannot remove the evil from, 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 from the one. And Jesus tells him, the one who's able to do so is not just by asking, but for prayer, prayer, that prayer, continuous prayer, prayer over time provides the healing and grace, removes evil from our hearts, removes the sicknesses, illnesses. Sometimes, as I often say here, 20 years of prayer, invest in 20 years of prayer, and you'll see extraordinary things. Monica's and all the other contemporary people who share with me, who have shared with me 20 years of prayer. Invest in that, don't be afraid. Don't say just, I prayed a year or two or maybe a five. And if it goes beyond 20, consider yourself that you're going to have a son or a daughter who is a saint, because that's what happens. The prayer is answered. But now there's a second thing. So yesterday, the Lord is asking us some of the difficulties that we have requires prayer. And today, Jesus talks to them. They're walking to Galilee, going back to, to, the, to Capernaum. And the Lord doesn't want to stop any place. He wants to move, but he wants to teach something, his disciples. And then he tells them something so powerful, and they do not know what to do with it. He tells them, the Son of Man is to be handed over to men, and they will kill him. And three days after his death, the Son of Man will rise. But they don't understand. And so they're avoiding the topic. What are they talking about? Who's going to be on the right hand and on the left hand 
of, of when he enters into kingdom, when he'll be the great Messiah, he'll be the great king like David was. And so they want to have the best positions in, in, the, in, 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 his, in, his, in his dynasty, whatever you want to call, in his rule. So they're arguing among each other. I don't know what happened, but Jesus does hear it. Then he says, and he kind of embarrassingly asked him, what are you talking about? <laughs> he knew what they talk about. But he asked them, what are you talking about? And then they feel ashamed because he tells them, if you wish to be great, you have to be a servant of all. You have to serve people. You have to offer your life on behalf of others. That's why a great man cannot be anything but a servant. If, if there are something else, that's when difficulties come and, and violence and everything else follows. Wars follow. And then finally, he, he tells them, he tells them, unless you become like a child, trusting then you cannot really enter the kingdom of heaven. You know, guess who was at the right hand and left hand of Jesus on the, on the cross? Two murderers, thieves. They're the ones on the right and the left side of Jesus on the cross. And there was one of them who said, remember me when you come into the kingdom. Jesus says, this day you'll be with me in paradise. All of us are invited to, to share in that wisdom and the power of God, the love of Christ. Today, we do remember Peter Damien, who lived in, in 1000, early 1000. So he was like a one, exactly 1000 years ago. And he was well educated, very well educated. And at the age of 29, he said, I want to go and live as a hermit. Benedictine hermit. And he says, I don't need anything else. I want God's wisdom. I want to follow him. Well, what happened is that the church would let him just off the hook because the church asked him to help others. He was brilliant, educated, wonderful man, man of God. And he began to teach, guide, and ultimately he ended up being a doctor of the church by his wisdom. He became an envoy of, of the Holy Father. He sent him out. He had to clean up a lot of mass in the church. The church was in bad shape then, shape then. And he was one of those that helped to renew. Another one which is not known is St. Robert Southwell, a Jesuit from England. He died during the, you know, the, the, uh, you know King Henry VIII and, and, uh, and the aftermath. He was 33 years old, a young man was sent to France to study. And then he wished to be a Jesuit. He, not only did he was ordained, but he wanted to go back to England. And to go back to England meant that you were just basically facing death because there was a law. The Catholic priest could not function there. It was it was criminal offense to be a priest and to function as a priest. And so was arrested. Ended up in the English, in the London Tower, as it's known. And he offered his life just like many, many who at that time did. They were willing to offer their life for, for the people and for the life of Christ so that they would be ministered to, to bring them in the Eucharist, bring them the sacraments. And this is what we have before us. So what a great invitation today for deep reflection one is to listen to the voice of God as God's wisdom, to listen and follow the Jesus, our Lord, who has offered himself for us and for our salvation. He's the great witness to the Father's love. 
He's the Son of God, God himself, and yet became one of us to show us who the Father is. And then we have those who follow Jesus, and we are also the followers. And guess what? We are destined for glory. He wants us to follow him, receive, receive the, the greatest gifts he can give us, his wisdom, knowledge, and then he wants to give us his very self, the sacramental presence. Jesus present in the Eucharist, what a gift. The one who created this incredible universe is the one who comes to us. He is serving us. He's transforming us, healing, because he wants us to be like his, his brother and sister, the son and daughter of God. This is, this is the truth that just sometimes when you think about it, we're almost impossible for us to grasp. And yet it's true, it's true. We're on the way together with Jesus and through him and in him. We are united with the Father in him. We are ready in hope. We are ready in him, in heaven, because that's the gift he gives us. We have to co complete the race, complete the journey, walk the path of faith. But we are already guaranteed that if we remain close to him, if we cling to him, if we follow him, if we love him, like the rabbi teaches us today, we will share the glory of God and the happiness that will never end. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.